In this episode of Lost Words Podcast, we were joined by Corn Ferry Tour player and PJ Tour caddy Albin Joy. Albin gives us an insight into his own college and professional playing career, and also his relationship with Sung Jae Im, which led to him caddying for him at the Honda Classic, where of course Sung Jae recorded his first victory in the PGA Tour. He gives plenty of insight into that week, and plenty more in his own life and career in this podcast. I'll be too nervous to, I'll probably be lost for words. Welcome to the latest edition of the Lost of Words podcast. I'm joined today by Alvin Choi, who is a, a Corn Ferry Tour professional and also a caddy at the moment. Um, you, you may know that he was on the bag for Sung Im at the, the Honda Classic, and uh, we're just really grateful to catch up with him today. Welcome, Alvin. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing great, thanks. Just uh, trying to stay busy and, and productive during uh, this tough time. Uh, but everything is uh, everything as well. Yeah, absolutely. And... Uh, it's one of those things where it kind of is, it's come at a tough time for everybody, but especially yourself, where uh, you know you're really in some some momentum there, where you've just been on the bag for your first PGA Tour victory, and uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But um, yourself, from your playing standpoint, you're actually recovering from an injury at the moment. Yeah, um, I've been uh, dealing with a uh, a wrist, uh, my left wrist, for on and off for you know a couple of years now, and um you know just with the strenuous and you know long season that we've had to play every year it's kind of uh um it was tough to either try and take a medical or just keep playing but you know it, it was never gone to the point where I couldn't play so it was, I was in a tough spot for a little bit but you know thankfully uh during this time I've had uh the proper amount of time and you know to just kind of fully rest and heal and just to kind of and also a lot of time to just reflect on uh, what to do and what I've done. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, isn't it? When you're in a, a good position in terms of your tour status and, and cards and, and PJ victories and things like that, you know, put rehabbing and, and downing tools for a couple of months isn't the end of the world, is it? But when you're actually trying to fight for your status and, and trying to build some momentum and some form, it's really probably tempting to go back maybe sooner than your, your body's really ready. Yeah, absolutely. And us, uh, we're always looking to get back as soon as possible, trying to find the fastest way to recover uh, the most effective way and trying to make sure you don't sustain an injury like this uh, over time again. Um, but like like you mentioned, I think it's uh, I believe, you know, the, we are in a very tough, you know, weird time right now. Um, but I really do think, you know, this little bit extra time of just uh you know being indoors and kind of having a lot of time to yourself it's been i think it's been good for everybody in some parts yeah i think that's the thing is it's really important isn't it to take some positives from it it's obviously a a glum situation and and everyone just wants to go back to normal but you know that's not possible as it is right now and and even you know the tours scheduled to go back in june on both the the pga and the corn ferry we don't know quite how that's going to look yet um i know they set some outlines out and it and it all sounds as if they've kind of got an idea of how to do it it just depends on how we uh how we make it work yeah absolutely it was i believe it was about 37 pages and uh the the pga tour did a very good job of trying to take into account for different scenarios and uh you know all aspects all outside factors and everything on the inside as well and just um i i really do believe that uh you know we're going to be we're going to be safe and they're ready to kind of get things back on track that's yeah, great i think there's a there's probably obviously a concern that maybe there's some players are not ready to go back and there's some fans that don't think we should go back but at the end of the day that the tour have got to do you know they've got to try and get back to normality as soon as possible and if they can do it in a safe environment then then we're all for it aren't we so that that's sort of what we're looking towards and hopefully it all pans out in june as, as expected Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there were conversations about even caddies uh, cleaning rakes and, you know, uh, flag sticks after being touched and obviously the no handshakes and no spectators. It it is going to be a little bit of a, uh, you know, weirder feeling uh, being there without the fans or just just the crowd in general. But I think uh, the most important thing right now is that there are sports being played and for to to give the fans something to to be excited about 
Yeah, I completely agree. Look, Albert, let's go back um, sort of into the early part of your career. What, when was the, the first time that you really golf became your, your main focus of attention? Just from what age were you really into golf? Uh, I would say um, I started pretty young, like most uh, most kids. Uh, got a club in my hands at an early age, just swinging around the house and kind of getting introduced to the game of golf maybe around when I was four or five years old and uh, came from a golfing family. So they would take me out uh, to play on the weekends. And uh, whenever we had time, I would, you know, follow them to to a driving range nearby. But, uh, you know, those were kind of uh, the earliest, uh, the memories that I have of kind of starting to play. But I, I think I really got into competitive golf when I was maybe about 13 or 14. So from then on out, I, I really feel like um, – golf has been my main focus since then yeah so and so you were you were born and raised in in canada toronto i believe and um but your parents are obviously from korea and 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 how how important is it that they were they're into golf and how that shaped your career do you think if, if they weren't from a golfing background that, that still would have been the sport that you'd have chosen or is it a heavy influence from them i i believe it was a heavy influence and i started falling in love with the game like later on in my uh, older years as a kid obviously I played different sports but um, as I grew older and spent more time uh, around my family it was just uh, kind of uh, golf was just the sport that I love to play and I was pretty good at it and <laughs> it all kind yeah. of uh, started from there yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think very quickly you sort of realise maybe what the sport is um, that, that you're best at. And, and there's a lot of athletes out there that are very good at two or three sports. And especially from an age, like you say, they're 13, is probably about the time that you really need to, to channel in which, which sport you're going to head towards, isn't it? Because I know even right up until players turn pro in sort of football and basketball and baseball, they, they have a very tough decision even then to make drafts and things like that. But especially with golf, I think you have to get very early start into it if you're going to make a, a pro career out of it yeah I, I believe yeah i believe that you know 100 percent. just because i believe uh, that anyone who is an expert in uh in their craft starts at a at a young age um kind of you know falls in love with whatever it is that they love doing and it's just kind of uh it just blossoms from there and you know their love uh, for what they do kind of propels them to to the next level and it's i i believe that getting started uh, at a young age um, it's not everything but i certainly do believe it is a very uh, important factor do you think uh, at 13 or 14 years of age you you sort of had in your mind that golf was your career and, and as a touring pro or did you, did you know you wanted to be involved in golf but weren't sure if that was playing or, or whatever it was going to be or did you know right then that you were good enough to sort of be a professional in, in the future um, at that point, I, you know, my skills set at that point, um, it wasn't, you know, obviously it wasn't great, uh, trying to been trying to improve over the past, uh, you know, many years. But at that point I knew, um, the love I had for the game and that I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. I wanted to play professional golf and, um, there's just no thrill or no type of excitement that I get, um, you know, other than, you know, playing events and competing and out there trying to, you know, beat one another. It was, uh, it's, it's kind of what I fell in love with the game with and, uh, what I kind of look forward to, to the most really. Yeah, absolutely. What, so how, when did the, the, the recruiting sort of come, come to fore and you went to North Carolina, I believe, how did that come about? Um, yeah, so, you know, me going to NC State was, uh, was kind of a, I don't want to say an easy decision, but it was pretty, pretty paved out. We had a good Canadian pipeline going through there, uh, with, you know, Matt Hill and, you know, my buddies, Graham, Byers, John, Mitch Sutton, you know, all the guys that I've grew up playing golf with and just, they were all there having, you know, a great time and the facilities, the coaching staff, everything was outstanding. And, and plus, uh, being from a colder climate like Toronto, I wanted to go somewhere south where I could uh, kind of play and practice uh, more throughout the year. So that kind of uh, influenced me to go there. And yeah, I uh, don't look back at all. 
Yeah, I think that's a really important factor, isn't it? I think, you know, yourself, you're based in Florida now and, and being able to practice all year round is really key to developing your game. And, and that sounds like it was a, a very important factor in the decision. I suppose, obviously, you had there the, the Canadian pipeline, but maybe the weather is is really one of the biggest factors. Yeah, I mean, it's just when, when you have, uh, you know, good friends like I did and good good coaching staff and just everybody there in general it really made me feel like a home away from home and you know the Carolinas will always have a special place in my heart and I you know I just I just turned uh, 28 (laughs) the other day so now I'm kind of looking back and it just feels like yesterday when we were in college uh, traveling to event to event and competing and um, just kind of you know I miss I miss all of it definitely for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of pro golfers that I've spoken to and, and that we hear interviews from, a lot of them remember their college days very fondly. I think the team aspect of, of playing for, for your university there is is very important. I think because you don't get that, it's such an individual sport as a professional, it's probably nice to actually spend two, three, four years with a team and, and really work together. Absolutely. Like you said, it's a golf, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it's a lonely sport sometimes. Um there are a lot of times where you are alone and you don't kind of get that team aspect as you do in other sports such as, you know, football or, or basketball or, or whatnot. But um, so I, I think it's it always uh, is will be in our minds that, hey, I was once a part of this team. Uh, you know, we tried to, you know, work well as a team, even though it was an individual sport. And I think uh, just just the amount of fun that uh, I had with my teammates and, and my coaches, it was uh, it was something that you know it will stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I think you know you talk about the, the Canadian aspect there as well of the good Canadian pipeline in in that NZ state. But as a role model on tour as well, was people like Mike Weir and, and that were they a big influence on on Canadian golf? Absolutely, uh, just all of the Canadian players. Um, that are around or when I was around, uh, uh, when, sorry, when they were around, like when I was growing up, um, it's just, that's the kind of people we looked up to. And obviously there were other players myself that I looked up to like Tiger and, you know, Freddie and all those guys. But, um, the, definitely the, the Canadian motivation was, uh, was definitely there. And there were very few Canadians on tour, uh, at one point, so you know, the whole country would be behind them, uh, ruined them on, and I just, I just love the the support that we could give and or that I've gotten when competing. So it's it's very special to me. Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know you had a very successful college career. You had you know five wins in one season, I believe, and 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 Matt Hill that you spoke about before, he was actually he had a, a really good career. And was that someone that you really looked up to? I know it was quite close <laughs> before you that, and you were trying to sort of match his record at the time, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, funny thing, uh, he's actually my neighbor in, uh, in Florida. We, we didn't we didn't plan it out this way, but once uh, we started moving in, we saw each other. So that was kind of a kind of a funny story. But you know, Matt is uh, obviously a very decorated, and very uh, great college player, um, college golfer, and um, you know his record and his his wins were something that you know I was kind of striving towards um trying to reach and you know we always joke around you know he won 10 times i won nine times but um his resume is a little bit more impressive than mine with (laughs) with the national championship and the nicholas award and all that but um i'm just really uh glad that nc state could have uh players you know like matt and you know myself and a bunch of others that could really contribute to the program and um i just it just makes me uh feel you know, grateful and happy that I did the, the job the the coaches put me there to do and had a great time doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the really important thing that you said there is that, you know, the, these guys recruit you and, and they put their faith in you to, to perform well. And it must be a great feeling to, to pay that back to them and, and get as many wins as you did. Um, and you're actually named Atlantic Coast Golfer of the Year at one point, which was actually a year after Brooks Kepler was named in the same title as well. So does that, is that a sort of an important achievement for you at the time? Does it feel special? Absolutely. It's just it's being recognized for all the hard work and dedication that you've put into into the game. And obviously, we, you know, us as competitors, try to strive for the highest level we can we can get to. And 
just being acknowledged, you know, in the ACC conference or any conference for that matter in Division One golf. It's it, to me, it was a huge accomplishment and honor um, at the time, and and it still is. And kind of that's what kind of kept me pushing. Um, you know, when you get that first win or uh, an award. Um, you get the taste and you kind of want it again and again. And I think that was kind of the driving factor and the, and the fuel to kind of push me to where I got to today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, from a, from an English point of view, is that there's a lot of the players over here that don't go to, to colleges in America. That, But you see the ones that did and you think about Luke Donald and Paul Casey and people like that that have really excelled since leaving college. And, and especially now, it's sort of the done thing to do is to go and play college golf. And these guys are winning straight out of college. How much do you think you improve just from going from a high school golfer and an amateur golfer to playing a college golfer? I believe it's a good stepping stone uh, into before going into professional golf. It teaches you a lot of things that maybe junior golf wouldn't teach you, such as traveling, time management, um, not to mention you're playing against the best players in the country yeah. and uh, just the competition aspect. And it, it taught me a lot of lessons, even just from outside of golf, uh, just about life that I really needed to kind of get before going into into the game professionally and I'm, I'm still learning uh those things i'm still growing and still learning and um i just i believe that uh playing college golf you know at a high level and division one college golf it was um it kind of taught me the things that i needed to to kind of get through yeah, and I think one of the things you say there is there's a structure, isn't there, to college golf. You, the coaches are getting you up to to wake up early, to work out, to get on the team bus, to travel away, and things like that. And but then, how tough is it then once you you graduate from college then to to do those same things but off your own back? It's it's different uh, for sure. Uh, as opposed to in college, everything was done for you. You just you're told to show up whenever, um, and you hop on a plane. Everything's taken care of, but after after you you know leave school it's it's uh you you feel a little bit more independent and kind of on your own and of course you have a team uh helping you out here and there and such but uh it, it's different like you said as opposed to traveling with a group and then all of a sudden by yourself um so there is uh definitely some new obstacles to overcome when uh moving up a, a level into the professional ranks and um, like I said before, I'm still learning and still trying to grow and uh, just trying to pick up uh, a few things along the way. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, to go to change the point there, you talk about obstacles and you face a, a very, very big one in your time at college, uh, losing your mother from a, a quite an early age, really, especially when you're um, making your step into your career and, and you're really playing well and you're playing as an amateur in RBC, Canadian Open, things like that. So how, how much of a blow was that from a, from a young age? Um, it was, I remember at the time I was 19 years old, um, when my mother passed and it was, you know, I took it very hard. Uh, my mother, she was, uh, not only my mother, but my best friend and my biggest supporter. Um, and to lose somebody like that, it, it felt like I lost, uh, lost the world really. Um, yeah. And I was, uh, you know, truth be told, I was I was a mess for a long time. Um, I was in a very dark place, uh, just, you know, trying to just to trying to do everything I can to keep my mind off of it and, and and such. But the funny thing is that, you know, after my mom uh, passed away was when I started playing some of my best golf. Uh, so it kind of uh, forced me to become stronger, a little bit more resilient and uh, puts all kinds of perspective uh, into my life, really. Um, the, the little things, you know, the big things that used to bother me didn't seem so big anymore. Uh, I really tried to see the big picture in life, and it's just it really teaches you a, a life lesson and kind of forces you to grow up a little faster than, than intended. But, you know, looking back, um, obviously, I would never want something like that to happen, but whatever has happened in my life i've tried to take it learn from it and uh move forward in a in a positive way yeah i'm really glad that you said it in that way because you know it sounds to me that you know you're a very successful player and, and things were maybe coming a bit easy to you and and then you know you get something like this but it's very easy then to to fall off and and blame bad golf on that and, and things like that but you really sort of really 
picked yourself up and played like you say your best golf and maybe you're inspired you know in your mum's memory and and especially but you sort of grew up like you said very early and how important was it because you were actually in a team Canada training camp weren't you at the time when you found out the news and just to have those guys around you and and your friends and your coach definitely um I still remember it was about 10 30 I was uh in Port St. Lucie um in West Palm um I was at PGA Village going to the range walking to the range when I got the phone call from my dad um, and obviously right away I knew something was wrong um, just by hearing his voice and just by uh, um, just the way the conversations were going. Um, I knew uh, it wasn't going to be good. And then once I got the news, that's kind of when uh, um, my whole life and my world changed, really. So uh, I still remember it like it was yesterday, even though it was about almost a decade ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, but um, you know, she'll always hold a special place in my heart, and um, everything I do and have done uh, was, you know, will be in in her honor. Um, I know that's what she would have wanted, and um, it's what I want. So um, I know we're not there yet, but just gotta gotta keep pushing, and you know, just gotta enjoy the enjoy the journey. Yeah, I think you know, that's testament to yourself and your character that you've achieved what you have done, and and we'll get on to to the more positive parts of it. In, in, in that same year, you played in your first Canadian Open as an amateur, um, missed yeah. the cut that week, but only by two strokes. How much of a confidence boost is that to to stack yourself up against professionals and and some of the best players in the world? I'll tell you what, I was uh, I've I've never been more nervous in my life than <laughs> <laughs> than that week there, and uh, you know I. Uh, I, I'm still thinking back to that time, and I remember everyone telling me, "Hey, you know, don't, you know, don't overthink it. You know, the golf course isn't; <laughs> they're not as hard as you think. You know, yeah. if you played that well in college, like your game is more than good enough to compete." So everyone was very encouraging and um, very, uh, very thoughtful. But the funny thing is, uh, that year Shaughnessy might have been one of the hardest golf courses I've played. So it was, it was kind of ironic that uh, uh, to hear all those things, and I just remember my first tee shot, my opening tee shot. I think my uh, my hands were frozen, uh, and I I I still remember hitting hitting that ball, and like my hands just forgot to do what they were supposed to do. That I hit the ball so far right, almost you know hit it in the port of john's almost hit somebody but you know it's just it's it's just it's just memories like that um so i i my expectations going into the week uh were very slim uh, i almost just wanted a little bit of a taste to see what professional golf was like at the highest level and i really do um i did take a lot of things away from that week that i that has still helped me to this day yeah, I think you know you speak there of the nerves, but also you got a chance of insight into what it takes. You saw the playing partners that you were playing with, and and they were probably sort of you were picking up something from their games. I'd have thought. And was there any sort of encouragement that you got that week that really sticks into your mind? Mm, um, nothing. You know, nothing too too big uh, that that stands out. But I, I do remember, um, you know, just because since it's the Canadian Open and it was out west where I was born. Um, I knew a lot of friends and family came out to support me. Um, I had a lot of friends, like just friends, uh, on the tour as well. And, um, it was, uh, I just remember it almost as like, Hey, like this is, you know, I felt like I was starting a new chapter in my life. And how well prepared did you feel coming into it a year after you made, you made the cut this time um, Yeah, and you had two, two really solid rounds the first two days. Yeah, it, uh, I still remember those two rounds. Uh, you know, very clearly, I hit the ball great. Uh, just couldn't get it done on the greens the first two rounds. Um, but it, it definitely was a newer experience. I felt like I was a different person, different player. I've uh, felt a little bit more of, you know, had a little bit more experience under my belt. And you know, even though at that point uh, I haven't played in a lot of PGA Tour events, but um, Coming back to the Canadian Open that year was was a lot more fun than the first time because I was I wasn't nervous and I really felt like I could try and put my you know skill set to to the test and uh, making the cut that year was uh, you know I was very satisfied with it consider what happened uh, the year before. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, you go through such a tragic event a year before, but you come back and, and like you say, there, you had a, a bit more of a confidence about you and, 
and maybe less pressure. And, and in the end, you end up playing with uh, the master, one of the master champions, Charles Schwartzel, in the final round. How, how I did. Cool was that? That was uh, that was very cool. Um, uh, and I knew uh, obviously how good his game was. Um, you know, just coming off the win, and you know, the defending masters champion and. I remember just watching him and being very impressed with his game, uh, very poised. Uh, you know, you could, you could see, uh, you know, he had the aura of a champion around him. And um, I was just, and just to play alongside him um, and to, you know, converse and just to pick his brain and to learn a few things. It was, it was a great experience for me. Yeah. And how long after this Canadian Open was it before you turned professional? Um, I turned professional in, uh, 23rd, the summer of 2013. Okay. Um, so I want to say, uh, it was probably about two years after, after that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then you sort of, uh, what, what tour did you start on then? Cause I, I know you sort of were on the, the Canadian tour in 2015, had success there. Where were you playing before? Yes. That? So, um, obviously coming out of, uh, coming out of college, I didn't have a uh, status anywhere. I didn't have a, a card to any major tour so i started uh what at the time was pga tour canada now it's uh, it's the mckenzie tour yeah um i remember uh going out there playing in victoria and making my debut as a pro there uh finished 20th um you know didn't have my best stuff but it was just nice to kind of get that first uh, professional event under my belt and it was uh, it was a lot of fun, really. And the uh, funny thing in 2015, uh, my first win came at that same course where I made my debut. So it was uh, it was pretty special. Yeah, and uh, how much of a confidence boost? I know, um, yeah, it's it's not the the Corn Ferry Tour, it's not the PGA Tour, but winning's winning, right? So you go from winning um, a lot in college, and then you win again as a professional. That must give you sort of a, a big boost as going forward into your career. Yeah, absolutely. Just like you, you just said, uh, winning anywhere is tough with uh, with the skill level of golfers nowadays. Everybody, everybody's good, and it's it's kind of you're looking for something that separates you and and the guy standing next to you. But um, it gave me, I mean, anytime you win anywhere, it gives you confidence. And a lot of the guys I I beat uh, on that tour are playing on the PGA Tour or even their PGA Tour winners now. So um, you can just kind of that just alone there tells you the level of play even outside of the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. So um, I, I took it as a positive and especially with everything what I went through and um, I just looking back to a, a point in my life where it was so uh, dark and just very, uh, you know, just not good. Um, kind of I was very proud of myself and kind of uh, tried to, you know, uh, soak in and enjoy the victory as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. And you didn't and you didn't rest on your laurels either, did you? You had a, a very close run thing as well. You come second a few weeks later as well. So you you were really sort of not resting on the form that you'd done and, and pushing for bigger things. Absolutely. And you know, there were times where I was a little too hard on myself and um I felt like there was some added pressure uh you know, with what I was doing because I wanted to, you know, didn't wanna there was a time where I was kinda thinking, Hey, I didn't wanna let anybody down but uh, once I started focusing on myself more, um, that's when I started to, you know, perform better. And obviously, there you want to perform well for the loved ones around you and for the people that care. But um, you know, once I started really shifting that focus to, hey, like this is what I need to do, and uh, this is how I want to do it. That's kind of uh, when things started to change. Yeah, absolutely. So you play on on the the web dot com or the Corn Ferry Tour now um, in yes. two thousand and sixteen, and you had a bit of a rough start with a couple of withdrawals and and, and a run of missed cuts there before you had a, a really yeah. good run of three top tens. Yeah, exactly. So I remember uh, going to Q School in twenty fourteen and getting my card, and I kind of bounced back and forth for the first few years. Um, the first year on on the web or the Corn Ferry Tour was was definitely not uh, the start that anybody would be looking for. Um, I lost my card. I had to go back to Canada in 2015. But in the end, I I feel like it was a blessing. Um, I went back and got my first win and uh, finished sixth on the order of merit uh, that year, uh, which was disappointing because the top five uh, were uh, awarded their cards. But I went to final stage, uh, played great, and got my card back. And then that's kind of when I started to 
to get into it. And obviously, even since then, I've been, you know, how the game of golf is sometimes is so weird. Uh, you know, felt like my game was good, but uh, the results didn't really show and kind of bounced back and forth again. And um, yeah, so now I'm kind of trying to get back to, to where I was. And uh, it's so tough because when you're on that tour, it's almost like you're staring right at a PGA Tour card um, every week, really. So um it was uh it definitely was a hard time for me uh in certain years but i'm i'm looking forward to to getting back to the grind absolutely but when you say there you know we're, we're looking at in the 2015 uh, 2016 years sorry you had uh three straight top tens and that must be a time where you start to think okay well you know it hasn't been the ideal start to my career but this is the proof uh that i can do it um, you've got people around you that are saying you can do it and, and push you towards that. And, and you see sort of friends that you've got, Mackenzie Hughes, that are going on and, and winning on the PGA Tour. Um, how much of a confidence boost is that? For sure. I mean, guys like uh, Corey, Mackenzie, uh, Nick, Adam, all those guys, They uh, now they're all winners on, on the PGA Tour. And um, it just... It just knows I've played a lot of golf uh, with those guys and competed against them and, you know, exchanged punches some here and there. You know, they win some, I win some. But um, it was – it's definitely a big confidence booster. And it almost kind of shatters the fact that, like, some people, you know, seeing winning on the PGA Tour is impossible or, you know, whatnot. But um, I really believe that uh, everyone that I've competed against or, you know, vice versa is, is good enough to go onto the PGA Tour and ultimately win, as we've seen. Yeah, I think it's, it's such fine lines, isn't it? And, you know, the last few seasons have been tough for yourself, but you've been dealing with that wrist injury. And, and do you think there was ever a time where you really sort of trended in the right direction that it was just your health that was holding you back? Um, it was, It was. I I really want to say it was more of uh, what's, what was going on in my head uh, okay. that kind of held me back. Uh, I was dealing with a lot of outside factors, a lot of, uh, you know, family-related issues, financial issues, um, you know, emotional issues, just trying to deal with uh you know the passing of my mother and yeah um i just i just think um there was uh the time looking back where i felt like my mind was very clouded um i wasn't really myself and there came to a point where you know i felt kind of you know i fell a little bit into a depressed state um because i tried to stay stay strong and healthy for such a long time and then kind of you know it's it's a weird thing you know these emotions and feelings sometimes they just come and go but um you know thinking about my mother you know on special dates such as her birthday or like mother's day or yeah. you know it's other special occasions so i i really believe that um a lot of the things going on outside of golf really affected me and my performance on the golf course so um now that things are a lot better and starting to i finally feel like i have a clear head on my shoulders and that's why I feel like if I, uh, you know, get after it now, I can, you know, have the best chance to, to do so. Yeah, it's really great to hear. And I think, you know, as you say, we reference back to where you say you went to Q school and, and that was at PGA National, wasn't it, where you got, you got through to the final stage. And uh, and that's where you, you sort of met up with Sung Jae in this season and, and caddy for him on a special week. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I remember we... We weren't formally introduced or introduced ourselves in, uh, in that Q school uh, in 2018, but we saw each other in passing and, uh, you know, he became a familiar face. And then once we both got our cards uh, there uh, after the first event, which uh, Sangjae won um, and we were staying at the same resort, I saw him. I went over and congratulated him um, on, a, on a great win. And that's kind of how the, uh, the friendship blossomed, I would say. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the talking of your, your Korean roots, Sung Jae's not uh, fluent in American, is he? So it probably was really beneficial for him to have someone that could speak to him in his native language, and, and that probably led to the relationship you've had as a caddy with him now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I would like to think that I get along with most people, um, and I just, I just think, you know, the more him and I talked throughout the year, we started playing some practice rounds together, started going out to some dinners, you know, hanging out um here and there but uh, obviously still doing our own things from time to time with you know he was very serious and as i was you know serious about my game and he had a great year so and it, it almost uh 
it felt like I was congratulating him after every week. So at one point, I I felt I told him at one point, I goes, hey, like, I think I think this needs to stop. <laughs> I'll just I'll just how about I just congratulate you now and we'll keep it going for the rest <laughs> the rest yeah. of the year. So that's, that's kind it. of the joke. That's kind of the joke we had going. But uh, no, it was uh, it was great to see uh, see him perform well there as a rookie because even uh, some of the conversations that he and I had. Um, in the early stages of our friendship where he heard a lot of stories about the the corn ferry tour and you know how big of a grind it is and how how good the level of play is so I really felt like he came over um, with that kind of um, expectation in his head like oh like I'm gonna have to really do something big or you know these guys are really good but you know once he started playing I think that first event was was a huge confidence booster to him and then obviously you know the rest is history and we we know what happened from there on out what do you think it is that sets him apart why, why what sort of lends himself to being able to win three times in a season and then go on and and step it up on the pga tour as well um i just i just think he has incredible amount of self-belief uh in his abilities and he's got a a very high golf IQ. He knows how to navigate around the golf course. Course management skills are are great, and not to mention just good fundamentals that hold up really well under pressure. Um, and I just I knew um, so I knew uh, once he graduated to the PGA Tour that we would never see him again back on the Corn uh, <laughs> Ferry Tour. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what when he asked you to to carry the bag at the Honda Classic what was your initial reaction was it an easy answer straight away um you know it, the timing of it actually worked out because um I wasn't I didn't have anything really going on that week and um I was very familiar with the golf course and I just uh, to be honest I just uh, we haven't seen each other in a while and I just thought it was a good uh, good opportunity to catch up and I really felt like I could help him on that golf course. So I said, hey, you know, at first uh, I just had to make sure that, you know, nothing else was going on. But once every, the schedules were cleared and set, it was it was a no brainer, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and how important is it to be, uh, I spoke to a couple of caddies in the past on the podcast, so they've said that to really be an elite caddy, you have to be a very good player. Uh, you've got that background there. And how much do you think that sets you apart and especially being able to help on that course itself? It was... Um, I do believe that the playing aspect is very important uh, because you can give insight uh, to the player that you know they that they can relate to, as opposed to you know uh, hitting a certain type of shot or or uh, seeing a certain type of break on the green. And I just thought uh, you know Sungjae and I you know hit the ball kind of a similar distance. Uh, our clubs are pretty much similar. So for me, I guess when in doubt, I just got to ask, hey myself, hey what what would I do here? And that, that helped me out a lot in uh, trying to help him uh, throughout the week. And honestly, my uh, my goal was to just keep him calm uh, and just give him the right information um, And because he knows what he's doing out there. And um, and I just think the, the fact that he was able to converse with, with me through uh, in tough situations and where we had to make a decision was... Uh, um, was very crucial and I think I think he liked it very much and um, it I'm um, just <laughs> happy the things worked out the way it did yeah and I think you know we don't we, we a lot of people there probably sort of talks about you, you know you're just a stepping caddy and, and things like that but you, you've got to look back last year we finished 51st in this event um, and you know he was he was playing okay leading into the event but he wasn't in his best form so when did you get an inkling that actually you could win that week was it in the practice rounds or was it not until you got going <laughs> Um, I haven't really, uh, you know, I don't really, I haven't told anybody this, but after the practice round, I still remember, you know, talking to my friends and family and I said, Hey, this, <laughs> he's got a great chance to win this week. <laughs> uh, um, just, I know it's a practice round and there's some, you know, you can't take away too much from it, but just, uh, it was, it was really phenomenal to, to watch how he was striking in the practice rounds and. Um, just his demeanor he was so calm and poised um, I knew I knew he his head was in the right place and his game was in the right place and I know he came into the week uh, with a 30 something finish in Mexico and you know his miss you know he missed the his first cut at uh, at Riv and uh, so his game in his mind wasn't in top shape but 
from my point of view, from a guy outside looking in, I thought his game was more than good enough to win. And it, it's so funny. And, and then obviously for him to go out there and win, it was just, uh, you know, it's it was really uh, it was really remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. And he he opened up with a seventy-two and followed it up straight away with a sixty-six. So that's that speaks of that that, that ability there that he can go and shoot six shots better in the second day, and you're you're in a good position going into the weekend. Absolutely. And um, what uh, what most people forget about that first round is he four put uh, he three putted four times, um, <laughs> shot the ball beautifully, um, and so with that two over. Uh, that we shot, uh, I really felt like, hey, like if this is the worst we're going to play this week, because I-, I knew he was going to come back strong the next day. He always does. Um, and we had some issues with the putter. We worked it out after the first round. And then and then the next three rounds were were <laughs> as good as you can ask for, really. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say there is that how how easy is it probably to overreact to around like a 72 and really on that golf course is not a terrible score anyway it's just no um, not at all you you need to like it felt like you probably left plenty of shots out there so you know going into next day if you just make a slight adjustment it really could be quite low yeah absolutely and i really you know i was really happy about the fact that he put his trust in me even though it was our first week working together and and vice versa obviously we were we were great friends and and competitors but um, obviously, as you know, just because of friendship or whatnot doesn't mean you, you know, it's different when you're working together as a team and trying to, to figure out what to do. And just, just that aspect of, of trust was there. And, um, and I'm just, I'm just happy that I could, uh, kind of help them get that, get that first win because everyone knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. Yeah, absolutely. And when so you go to bed on, on Saturday night, and and what's what's the sort of thinking there? How nervous are you? How nervous was he going into the final? <laughs> to be honest, I think uh, we were both uh, feeling the nerves a little bit, but um, it, there were good nerves. It was it was the kind of nerves that just kind of spike your focus up and really uh, you know improves your level of concentration. And um, I just think he we both had a pretty aggressive mindset going into the into the final day. Um, we knew uh, we were in a good spot, and uh, we just were kind of talking about, hey, like the start of this round is going to be very important, so we can't let the you know let our foot off the gas uh, ever since you know since we uh, hit that first tee ball, and he didn't, you know, he I believe he was like four under through five or six uh, when we first started that final round, and I just kind of knew uh, once we kind of hit the back nine that hey, like we can win this thing and as as the holes got closer and closer it just kind of uh kind of hit me more really yeah absolutely and i think how much do you think that his background of winning so many times on the web in one season factored into that confidence because yes it was his first first win coming on the pga tour but he'd he'd been in that situation before and and he's known as a winner going into the event itself yeah uh, i've always believed that anybody that could win on the corn ferry tour has the ability to win on the pga tour and being a uh being a multiple winner uh in a season is not easy by any means if it's a very difficult task uh to achieve and um and just the fact that he led the tour uh pretty much you know from start of the year to the end of the year and you know probably winning any every kind of award that you can um it just kind of shows you that hey this isn't just a guy that's going to pop up and disappear you know he's there to stay and um he's really proven that to himself and to other people and i really felt like that year on the corn ferry tour gave him all the tools and every bit of confidence he needs to get on the pga tour and ultimately win yeah, I think, and I think what was probably a really important factor for me on the outside looking in was that as soon as he started on the PGA Tour, he had that tied fourth at the Safeway, and I think that just settles, you know, okay, here I am, this is my level, and, and I'm going to play at it, and I think it speaks volumes that he then goes and shoots his tied best round of the week of the 66 on the Sunday when he's in contention, especially when, yes. when a friend of yours, McKenzie, has shot two 66s at the weekend as well to, to really yeah. push you all the way. Absolutely. And just, uh, you know, that final round was, I, it was so much fun. Um, just being around, uh, you know, my first time caddying on the PGA tour and, and to be in a final group like that, where I was, uh, feeling very comfortable, uh, with the company and, um, 
and just everything else. It was, uh, no, it was a lot of fun looking back. And I spoke with, uh, Mackenzie, uh, a few times after that. And we kind of talk about what was going on in that round and what he was thinking. And, um, but I was super thrilled to, for him to have a good week as well. Um, before all of this happened and I, I know the kind of player he is and he's no doubt he's going to have a lot more great finishes uh, before the year's over. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and talking of mindset, his must be really great as well because going into that week, he was coming off the back of sort of five or six missed cuts and, and then suddenly finishes second and shoots the best weekend of anybody at the event. So you knowing him personally, how much do you think that is just an inner belief as soon as the, sort of the shots you want to play come off that you really just put your foot down and, and ride with it? You know, uh, Mackenzie, you know, he's a real professional. He does all the right things. You know, he eats well. He has a good workout regimen, good practice schedule, and just overall, overall just, uh, you know, a great guy and just a, an awesome player. And he's a fighter um, just because, you know, he misses four or five, six cuts, you know, doesn't mean he can't show up and, and win. I've seen him do that numerous times uh, where, you know, things might not be going so great. But when, when Mackenzie's playing good golf it, it's really hard to beat him uh I, I believe that when he's at his best that you know he can win on and on any level yeah absolutely and uh sort of following the, the win with sung jay there there was a lot of questions about whether you would stay on the bag and and your first initial response was obviously that you wanted to go back to your playing career and it was kind of a a one for one and and you were going to hold your record up like that and, and <laughs> out with uh, with a great result and and we were talking before and that and that situation may have changed now yeah, um, it, it did uh, just because I was so focused um, and I was kind of revolving my schedule around uh, Q school coming up and maybe some potential Mondays uh, that I could play uh, here and there to kind of keep the game sharp and really, you know, trying to pave my way back uh, to that tour. Um, but with uh, thanks, you know, <laughs> to all this, uh, the virus and this pandemic going on, um, uh, with the Q school being canceled, I kind of thought, hey, maybe uh, it's a no-brainer. Rather than just you know sitting around and uh, and not competing, maybe I can go out there and help Sungjae to you know help him win again, maybe or even have a lot of good finishes and trying to learn something along the way as well. Yeah, and have a, had the pair of you set any goals for the upcoming schedule? Is there something that you've got in mind that you want to do, or you know I don't know if you want to share those, but I think you know. You know uh, we we didn't uh, didn't uh, outline any specific uh, result oriented goals, but um, definitely some goals uh, like you know just trying to we we've already talked about hey look we know throughout the course of a season not everything's going to be great we're going to have our ups and downs and you know there's going to be days where you know you know we don't like each other very much or you know, <laughs> there's going to be you know and then there's going to be days where you know uh, it's vice versa but that's uh, you know that's uh, a relationship with with anybody um whether it's with your caddy you know with the loved one or anyone it's so it's the same thing but we just kind of talked about hey look let's deal with the the highs and the lows as they come and um and i just think that first week with the wind um now we know that we can go out there and, and get it done so i think the the doubt part of the aspect is gone which I'm very happy about and I, I feel like now that he kind of got the monkey off of his back who knows maybe he'll go out there and win again another you know two three times like I just think the possibilities are endless with uh with Sungjae with the state that his game is in and you never golf is as you know probably one of the most unpredictable sports so you never know what's what's going to happen but I I think um you know if he keeps doing what he's doing that uh, you know the good good things will come yeah and i think you know what you said there is uh there's obviously a hesitation to to maybe join him for for a season on your own part from not wanting to give up your playing time and things like that but also like you say the, the relationships can get tested in that situation and and how difficult is it to think that you know it's, you've got a great friendship here and and you had a great week and you don't want to put that in jeopardy by maybe traveling every week with, together and he plays quite a busy schedule all the time but maybe he'll relax that off now that he's got the win and and, and then you can kind of build your relationship rather than putting too much pressure on yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I I believe that putting too much pressure on yourself, you know, isn't good for anybody. And I learned that, um, you know, in a personal way and just from what happened in, in my life. So 
I think, uh, you know, me being a little bit older than him, um, I think I can kind of uh, maybe try and help him with aspects like, you know, I remember when I was uh, 21, 22, uh, you know, I'm not the same person that I am now. So any way in shape or form that I can help him on the course and off the course, uh, I'm going to do my best. Yeah, absolutely. And you just looking at his uh, record, especially on the on the Corn Ferry and the PGA, has been very solid. And, and his first sort of four appearances in majors haven't probably been quite what he wanted. He's missed three cuts and, and finished 42nd of the PGA. So I imagine that's probably something he wants to improve on quite quickly. And, and that would be a good way of you getting an insight into how you can help and, and you can learn a lot from those weeks going into your playing career further on. Yes, absolutely. And um, obviously that was... Uh all the majors that he'd been to it was it was his first time and yeah. kind of getting his feet wet and obviously we all know the you know the kind of player he is but um you know experience is something that you can't really teach or give to anyone and i i really believe that like him competing in all the majors last year and um even though the results are are not what uh he wanted i think uh this time coming around you know now he is a winner on the pga tour and his game is in a different different state than it was back then so i don't think uh he doesn't let the past bother him too much which i think is a great uh trait to have as a golfer and i think it's uh, really going to help him uh moving forward yeah and also you've got augustus look forward to in november that's gonna be a special time for for both of you i imagine and and there'll be a, a really good chance there to, to really test himself and, and put himself against the best absolutely and he uh him and i are very much looking forward to to every week but that week especially and um um i haven't uh you know been to augusta myself so looking forward to making that trip and you know kind of uh it'll be a magical week uh, regardless of what happens but i know once we get there you know business can be business but you know we're definitely gonna enjoy uh the company and you know enjoy the setting as well yeah that's the thing you've got to balance uh obviously your first time excitement and, and joy with with hard yeah. work but you know that's i think that's one of the big factors we see don't we with with you know rookies don't win at or not rookie debutants don't win at augusta do they it just doesn't really happen i think fuzzy zeller did it way back in 1979 but it's always a big thing even someone like jordan spieth who came so close it just doesn't really happen so i think there maybe you have to temper expectations but also balance it with playing the best you can and, and getting up as high as leaderboard you can do for sure and uh, as a as a young aspiring golfer or any golfer uh really is uh the one of their dreams or something that is on their bucket list is to go to augusta or play augusta or go to the masters and it's kind of uh you know augusta is referred to as you know the heaven for golf <laughs> and it's just uh no, I, I believe that uh, when we get there, it's just going to be uh, as wonderful and magical as it may seem. I know uh, in the end, it, it, is, it is a golf tournament, and we're there to do a job, and, and I'm pretty confident that you know we'll do a good job, and you know if not, we'll, we'll leave no regrets, uh, and kind of, yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to, to those weeks, and uh, may the results fall wherever they may. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Look, Alvin, we've taken a lot of your time here, and I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, wish you all the very best heading back into June on the schedule at Colonial. Um, I'm guessing you're teeing it up there, and you know, let's let's see what it plays out. You know, more importantly, you just want to get back to tour life. I imagine it's just a, a massive break that everyone's had, and everyone just stay healthy and, and wish the very best for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, Tom, for having me, and uh, I'm glad uh, that we got to got to share and. Uh, Stay safe and all the best. You too. Thank you very much, Abby. Thanks, Tom.